The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Right now on Fast, the great disconnect. Equity markets holding steady today. The Dow rising 130 points, even as rates hit their highest levels of the year. So why do stocks and bonds seem to be reading two vastly different messages out of the Fed? Plus, Rotten Apple shares the iPhone maker hitting their highest close of the year earlier this week. But today's action has the chartmaster seeing something sour. We revisit his sell it all call to find out what to do now. And later, dearly beloved, oh, no. shares of the tractor maker couldn't resist. Shares of the tractor maker seeing their biggest pop in nearly two years in the back of earnings. But is the rally for real or is it too good to be true? I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in the heart of Times Square on the desk tonight. Tim Seymour, Courtney Garcia, Steve Grasso, and Carter Worth. And we start off with a deep divergence between stocks and bonds. The yield on 10-year treasuries hitting its highest level since November early in the session as expectations for more aggressive rate hikes grew. Yields ending the day a little lower, but still near the highs of the year. Meantime, stocks closing near their highs of the day, with the Dow gaining nearly 130 points. The Nasdaq down today, but still managed to post a gain for the week. So which of these markets is getting the read right? And of course, this comes on the heels of a lot of very hawkish Fed speak. We had a couple of banks today saying that they're adding a rate hike to their expectations, and they're now expecting a 25 basis point hike in June. And yet the market reaction is sort of like, meh, I don't care. Tim? Well, if you look at Fed fund futures, uh, they have moved out and they've moved higher. So in other words, uh, not only the higher for longer, but the fact that we're moving out to August, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if we got to September, maybe October soon in terms of peak Fed funds. It's a week where... Um, you know, I know we hate these terms that we coin all the time on Wall Street. So the, the no landing, I think, was the, the term of the no week. No landing. Uh, and I think it's delayed landing. And I think that's where equities are. So as I said yesterday, the market... Delayed hard landing? D- delayed landing, landing of some kind. Okay. I'm not going to define right. my landing. I'm going to tell you that I see we retail sales numbers. I see a job market. I see some, some, some elements of, of at least some easing up of, of supply constraints and all of the COVID and some reopening that's still happening, some pent up. Uh, it's not everywhere, but, but this is a market that I think is balanced. And I think you have opportunities both ways. If I'm a bull, I point to the fact that the dollars rallied 4% in the last couple of weeks and equities have also effectively rallied. I would argue that the cash levels are high. I would argue that all week, with the exception of yesterday, Yesterday, the market actually rallied into the close. It took it took some tough news yesterday. It took an avalanche of Fed, and it did okay. So you know, we know where the bears are, and we and I get it, and we talk about it. And the math doesn't add up for the S and P and earnings, but that's this week. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting right now is what you're seeing is clearly the markets are starting to price in the fact that the Fed is going to be serious with this. They are going to continue to raise interest rates, and we are going to be in this higher for longer environment, which you've really been talking about. And that's been the problem with the rally this year is it's all of your risk on assets have not been believing that. So this is not a bad thing for the overall economy. But if rates are going to be higher, it's those high beta, um, especially your, your overly risky companies, are going to continue to be under pressure right now. And I think people are starting to realize that, and you're seeing this rotation out. 
this year has been really interesting because you've seen a ton of money actually pour into individual stocks, pour out of ETFs, because that speculation is really ramping up this year. But I think this is just a, a reason of why that may not continue. Um, and what's interesting, too, is we still have an inverted yield curve, meaning longer term inflation is probably coming down, but shorter term over the next year, inflation probably is still going to stay high. And you need to make sure you're investing accordingly. Yeah. Grasso, what's your take on all this? Yeah, I think, well, the markets are always a forward-looking price uh, mechanism. So they're looking out already, you know, six months, eight months, maybe even longer than that. So they're seeing through all this. If they see all through all this and the markets are rallying or hanging in, you start off the show saying uh, the markets are, were sort of numb to what, what's going on. They're above the 200-day moving average by a long shot. So for me to take the, uh, the wind out of the sails of the bulls, I have to wait to see a challenge of the 200-day. If I don't see a challenge of the 200-day, it means to me that the market was worried about an earnings recession. We didn't get the earnings recession. Market's worried about rate hikes. We factored those in. Maybe we're in the process of factoring in more, but nonetheless, the market is holding in. Hard for me to be negative about a marketplace where the large cap tech stocks did not have the earnings recession that we thought they would have. Earnings across the board have been better than people had thought they would be. So I, 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 I'm not a, a dedicated bull, but I'm not going to turn my back on the market until the market turns its back on me. Grasso is uh, all about the talk of the 200-day moving average and not seeing a challenge there, Carter. That's your language. What do you see? <laughs> sure. Well, let's go to what, uh, what this is a nice thing, uh, delayed landing. So that's called when they call from the cockpit and they say, we're going to have to circle a bit. Can't find a gate. <laughs> Uh, it's very annoying, right? It's almost better to land or it's better to be on your way. So it is maybe a delayed landing. But here's the thing, just to put, I think, this all in perspective. We're a Friday right now, and we know that a 10-year yield, while it did um, spike up today, closed lower, and it closed at 3.82%. The last Friday of Q3, September 30, we were at 3.82%. So just think about that. September 30, Friday, 3.82%. And here we are, one of the last weeks in February, 3.82%. Yes, we've been as high as 4.34. Yes, we've been as low as 3.32. But basically, rates are kind of where they belong. And so the market. Sure, stocks where they belong. I mean, yeah, right. So exactly. the market's where That's they what Tim, Tim's kind of making that point. Okay. The stock market is kind of where it belongs. Now, the question is what is the lift for the market? People say, well, Carter, what's the catalyst for going down? Um, markets go up only one of two ways, individual stocks. Everybody knows this. You have to get earnings growth or multiple expansion or some combination of the two. Now, I don't see really either of those particularly. So then, well, what can make it go down? There's a funny thing called gravity. <laughs> um, would you uh, agree with that, Tim? <laughs> I, I, I believe in gravity, yes. I've heard about it. It's actually one of these things that I, 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 I see it at certain yeah. things. As I get older, I recognize certain. And we'll leave that for another show, too. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, ultimately, uh, if I look at gravity in the market and I look at where we've tested these levels before, yeah. I, I would make an argument that the stock market is better positioned to break uh, above that 43.50. And that's because oh. the breadth that we're talking about, Steve mentioned where uh, mega cap tech is involved, I think position is still very much your friend. I think you've got uh, the, the, the broader dynamics, not only for the market, but uh, where we're looking at the broader economy. I, I, I recognize as much as anyone, there are a lot of head ones coming down our road, but, but this is the market we have. I think you have to remain pretty balanced here. So when you say, you know, better position for a move 
to 4,300 or above even, this is a short-term, this is sort of a short-term call? I mean, after that, who knows? Because you know, yes. if we think about the market as being a forward-looking mechanism. Right, a discounting mechanism. Right, discounting yep. mechanism, whatever you want to call it. It looks forward. Right. It's going to be looking past the bulk of the Fed rate hikes in terms of the impact, in terms of the lag effect. And that, to me, seems like a lot to wrap your head around. Well, I, I, again, I think you, you look at Fed fund futures and, you, you know, we're, we're, we're already telling a story of where the Fed is not out of the picture, but that the economy is in a place where I, I just we don't see earnings falling off a map. And, and that's really important for this equity move. Yeah. I mean, part of that is the consumer still has a job. Right. Critical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had such a strong labor market. People still have money. They still have wages that are actually increasing, though it is slowing, which is good because that's what the Fed wants to see. Um, and cash levels are still extremely high. People have been nervous are keeping a lot of cash on hand. And that's really what's keeping the consumer strong right now, which is the problem for the Fed. But yes, it does really lead to we have a continued strong economy. I don't see a lot of signs of that recession happening. There are a lot of risks. Sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, we really have to see things fall off a cliff for that to happen. So from what I gather from all you guys, and I'll start off with you, Steve, on this, is that we've heard a lot of the Fed speak this week. We, we had Goldman Sachs and the Bank of America adding a rate hike. The markets actually digested all of this fairly well. And so, I mean, you can look at it in a couple different ways, but one way to look at it is the markets digested it pretty well, <laughs> even though in another environment it should have dropped by a lot if they heard an additional rate hike being added to forecasts. Right. If this were in another environment, we would have been down three percent four percent it would have been a terrible especially before a three-day weekend people would have been de-risking you know for me when i look at the s and I, I like the s p from four thousand all the way up to forty two hundred i think there's a big chance we play with the 200 handles rinse and repeat reason why i say that is from from bottom to top the last retracement is forty two hundred in the s p so we have to do a lot to, uh, to Carter's point, to overtake that level. I don't know what that's going to be, but I sure, sure know that even Mike Wilson, who's probably the biggest bear uh, on the street, has said that if we could navigate through the first half of this year, I don't want to say that we're in the clear, but we've kind of avoided the, the huge onslaught that the bears were talking about. All right. Let's get to Apple now. Shares dropping almost a percent today. The chart master doubling down on his sell call for the stock, saying it could drop even more. Carter, what are you looking at? Well, look, Apple's it's been a, a good performer as a ricochet sort of thing. Uh, but it, it hit its head uh, this week at a pretty big level, and we can see it on the charts. Um, the, the stock is breaking trend. There's a minor uptrend in effect here. You see it there on your screen. And you see the authority of the 157 and change level. And you can say, well, you just annotated two, two random days. Um, not really. So if you look at the second chart and go back longer, basically this 157 and change level, quite precisely, has been where the stock has faltered uh, now for the third time. I, I think it has downside risk, at least 4 or 5%. Four or five percent. Tim, does this square with your view of the market's going to 4,300? Uh, it, it actually does. And, and yes. I'll tell you why. And I, I, 
I mentioned last night I threw some triple Qs out there, and Apple's a major part of that. I, I, I think you have a place where some of these moves have been extraordinary, and, and I think there are places also where you can be tactical in here. Uh, I agree with Carter, and I've said all along, I, I actually I own Apple in a handful of accounts, this and that, but I'm largely flat on Apple and have been since 161, and I meant, you know, I was with the 125 on Apple. I don't want to own this thing until at least 125, and I think it's going to go lower. I mean, you can trade it, and you can, you can pick your horses to trade around. I would rather trade the queues. And again, if anything, I think things look a little bit stretched. But my general view is, yes, markets have that move. I like Carter's call, though, on Apple. Yeah. How about you, Court? Yeah, which does make it tough because Apple is such a large portion of the overall right. markets, which does make it, you know, more tough for the markets to grow with that. Um, I am less pessimistic on Apple than a lot of the other big techs, mainly because they have so much cash on hand. Their net cash position is about $54 billion. And when you add that cash is actually finally getting some interest, that actually does help something like an Apple, which I think is a little better than some of your other tech companies. Yes, I think short term there still might be some move down. But when I say I, I'm not investing in tech, Apple I'm actually more okay with than some of the others. All right, we've got a market flash here on Sigma Lithium. Shares of the Canadian metal miner jumping after hours on report that Tesla is weighing a bid for the company, according to Bloomberg. Sigma has been exploring a sale to other miners or car makers, and any considerations are in the early stages. And, of course, we just heard about General Motors making an investment in Lithium America. So all these EV makers in particular trying to, trying to uh, square away their metal supply, Grasso. Interesting move here. Yeah, it- yeah, this is this is definitely what all of the EVs are are reaching for, and and you've you've heard me say it before. Tesla has the size and the scale and the supply chains over everybody else. If they have that, this is another piece of the puzzle. So you brought it up. GM has been in this uh, in this space as well. Tesla wants to continue to lead, and the price action in te- Tesla is is nothing but astonishing. Where you had it fall out of bed yesterday rally back and close right around the highs. I think it continues to be the leader and continues to position itself to be the leader in EVs going forward. By the way, the move in lithium in Sigma Lithium, um, it's a big move and the stock is not a small one. It's a $4 billion company here, Tim. Well, the story of the week really was in the auto space was Ford, right? Ford yeah. talking about how much they're going to have to spend on EV, securing mm-hmm. supplies. The fact that, you know, if you, if you look at that, the Michigan battery plant, when you talk about you know, the, the independence and what it means for all these major players in EV. So not surprised we're going to see this. Look, if you're Tesla and you have a valuation, they may not think so, but I think so, that the valuation is really extraordinary. Some of these deals can actually be accretive. Now, I, I don't know where Sigma trades on a valuation perspective. I do know uh, that this is where they should be putting their balance sheet to work. Yeah. Carter, what does the Tesla chart look like? I mean, it's it's steep, uncorrected, and it's a rally to a difficult level. So with new money right here, I'm a seller, not a buyer. All right. Coming up, the world's largest retailer kicks off earnings for the sector on Tuesday. But what can we expect Walmart to say about the strength of the consumer and demand? And later on Options Action, shares of NVIDIA have rocketed higher this year. But our traders think this chip is in for a reality check as we head into earnings, how they are playing this name. More Fast Money right after this. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? 
Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money Retail, taking up the earnings mantle next week with Walmart, Home Depot, TJX among the names set to report. The stock's underperforming the broader market so far this year, but what can they say about the state of the consumer to turn things around? Grasso, um, a lot of these, especially Walmart and Target, they've been, you know, dragged down by inventory issues. Um, We see the trade down happening amongst consumers and households. What do you think is going to happen here? I, I think a lot of this is at the end of the year when we look at CPI uh, specifically, a lot of this was the was these retail uh, sector or the entire sector cleaning, clearing out their shelves and discounting to a certain extent. Walmart specifically, 56 percent of Walmart's revenues come from groceries. So there's a lot of noise around that, that, that number, Melissa, because of food inflation. I think food inflation will slowly start coming down, and I think that's going to be impactful to, uh, to revenue for Walmart. Having said that, Home Depot has underperformed Lowe's, and the professional contractor is a big part, 40% or 45% of the revenues for Home Depot. So I think that the contractors still have a backlog of business that's going to push that forward. So I think Home Depot is going to be uh, catching up and maybe outperforming Lowe's. But Walmart, for me, is a little too cloudy, and the overall consumer probably a little strapped at this point and still looking for bargains. Credit Steve suggests out saying that they expect Walmart to miss. Part of the reason is they think uh, there's going to still be a lot of markdowns on inventory, so operating margins will continue to be pressured even in this quarter, Tim. Uh, hard lines and broad lines, the big weeks coming up. By the way, uh, th- those are interesting terms. Um, I never really, yeah, I never really, I, I mean, I kind of get them. It's kind of like that line <laughs> below the hard deck in Top Gun, right? Anyway, sure. let, let's let's get back to where we should be here. I, I, I think um, the the story for, for Walmart is you've got groceries. They've been a major beneficiary. I actually think Walmart also uh, remains very defensive because they've got some flows from digital ad from Walmart Plus. I mean, it's a little bit of the best of both worlds, but um, we've, we've talked about how higher inflation food costs great for folks like that. Trades at a premium to Target, but I actually think it should. I'm long Walmart, and, and, and it's outperformed Target by 25% over the last year. But this is the one place where I, I think you're very well positioned with a consumer that's trading down. And, and a consumer who needs to be a Walmart, they have price leadership. 
Yeah, and I think what you're going to see with the overall consumer when we see the retailers report next week is likely we're going to continue to see a strong consumer. I mean, really, that hasn't been a problem. If anything, the problem is the consumer's too strong. But you are going to still see this trading down effect, which is going to likely affect something like a Walmart to Tins Point. But actually, I also really like a Home Depot because what's also happening in the housing sector is affordability has been a problem. You just saw mortgage rates are ticking up again. They're getting close to about 7%. There is no supply out there. So what's happening is people are just staying put. They're not getting new houses, and they're just putting more money back into theirs. And they've seen a lot of demand even into their pro business, which I do think is going to continue to benefit them. So I actually do like the retailers. I think we're hopefully going to see a strong week next week, but I think it's going to speak very well to the consumer. Carter, give us the rundown on what you see in the charts. Sure. Well, I mean, Walmart, speaking of groceries, if you were to take the absolute low of the financial crisis, right, the March 6, 2009, Walmart has been underperforming the stock market ever since. I mean, the stock market has more than doubled the performance of Walmart. I just don't see the point. I like Target better than Walmart. Target has all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal, and Walmart has a topping. Um, Home Depot, I mean, my goodness, the, the problem here is that its its relative performance to home builders is so poor. Same with Lowe's. It, it, it's just, it's really a pair of twos. I don't see any great downside, but I don't see the point here. There's so many opportunities to win or lose. These just don't seem like they're timely, dynamic, or interesting. And pair Carter says a pair of twos, it's like a knife in the No, heart, I mean, I right? really, it's I'll really tell you what. so direct. I hope I never get a pair of twos. Boy, <laughs> I've had it a lot, though. So. Coming up. Thanks. <laughs> Off and running, shares of deer bounding higher after the company's latest earnings report. But is this breakout a sign of more gains to come? We're getting the lowdown after the break. And throughout February, we are celebrating Black Heritage. Here's CNBC contributor DeWardrick McNeil. My personal and professional journey is highly influenced by the history of the African-American experience here in the United States. The struggle and sacrifices made for freedom, justice, and equality uh, has made it clear to me the need to continue to press forward no matter how difficult the challenge. Our advancement here in the nation in education, science, politics, arts, and culture has inspired me to make my mark in my profession. I am proud of my heritage and proud to be an American. Welcome back to Fast Money. Deer topping the tape today. Shares surging 7.5% after the company beat earnings estimates for the latest quarter, citing strong demand and an improved operating environment. The company also raising full-year guidance. Deer seeing its best day since February 2021. And they talked about, Steve, all the things you want to hear. Farm incomes are growing. They're going to plant more next year because prices are up. These are all things that will fuel the story. What do you think? Yeah, and they also said raw materials. There was so much to pick apart in, in, this, uh, in this release. Raw materials and freight uh, costs were uh, declining. Labor is still a problem for them and energy prices. But they did say what I was most, uh, most astonished by was that the $1.2 billion in profit, two-thirds of that was from them raising prices. So that, to me, is probably unsustainable. And uh, they did say that they're looking to lower prices uh, sometime in the near future. So I, I think that the chart looks like the, if the stock wants to roll over. I know it's a different business, but Caterpillar's chart looks better. And that infrastructure bill coming through, they're going to start to get some checks. I'd rather be in cat than deer. I know I self would you rather deer impressive off this print, but I think there's a lot of headwinds going forward. 
Carter, do you concur that the chart looks like it wants to roll over? Well, uh, what Grasso was speaking of is that it has been rolling over until today's heavy volume upthrust and gap. So the question is, is that enough to save it from continuing to roll over? I don't think so. So I think it's uh, not that impressive in the context of something that it seems to be stuck at current levels. Well, nothing runs like a deer. By the way, I own one. I can't wait to get back on it. This crazy weather in the Northeast makes me yearn to get back on my John Deere, and I know you're probably jealous. Um, but as, as we think about it, um, what they told us today was that not only did they see the ag turf business uh, very strong, demand is strong, but margin improvement. And, and I think because of that, that's helping this multiple. I, I'm not chasing this one, but I love nothing runs like a deer. All right, time for the final trade score on the board. Steve Grasso. So I know that everyone is, is uh, negative on Apple. I'm still long it, and I think you could stay with it. Use a 147.39, which is the 200-day moving average, as your stop out. Carter. Time to add to your gold. And for a minor, Agnico Eagle, AEM. Buy it for a bounce. Courtney. Uh, Home Depot, we talked about this earlier, but I think just some of the issues you're seeing with mortgage rates rising, housing affordability, it's going to continue to benefit Home Depot. It's a great play here. Tim. Yeah, I, I think I think Walmart's not only a pair of twos, but I think it's three kings, and therefore it's a full house. And, and I, I look at, yeah, that's right. Wow. And I think these numbers next week uh, are going to reassert. It, they're going to be conservative. That's what they do. But I like Walmart here. All right, that does it for us for the week. Don't go anywhere, though. Options Action is up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.